Welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice, the podcast where we explore the challenges and joys of growing your therapy practice. This episode is our two-part episode on setting goals. In this episode, we're going to talk about understanding the importance of showing up, building connections, and building on success by setting and achieving smaller goals. That's a good one. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this episode, it is really never too late to set goals. All you have to do is think about them, write them down, and then get started. On with the show. PsychMaven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice Podcast. And if you are someone looking for ideas that are tailored to your own personal style, on how to scale and grow your own impact and income as a mental health provider, we hope you might check out our free online assessment. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. That is stp.psychmaven.com. Have fun with it. In an online world, if people can't find your webpage, they can't find your therapy office. You know you have to rank in Google, but What keywords do you use? Where do you put those keywords? And what content do you use to rank up? If you've ever struggled with questions like these, my friend Daniel Fava has a live course for you, the SEO Basecamp Live Training Group. Enrollment opens January 30th, and he's only taking 12 students. If you are at all interested in increasing your Google search rank and increasing your SEO, check out the SEO Basecamp training group put on by Daniel Fava and Private Practice Elevation. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Scaling Therapy Practice. This is our second episode of our two-parter on goal settings. I'm here with Dr. David Hall. Hello, David. Hello, James. This, we weren't planning when we started recording before there'd be two parts, but we realized we were about 45 minutes in and <laughs> and it made sense. But it was great. I got to learn some new things. Uh, I learned several new things about James, which has uh, been interesting. And for those, we talked about this in a previous episode, but for those who may be catching us and, and missed this, I want to give some context. James and I have not met in person. Nope. We, uh, we live in different states. We're in the t- same time zone, which is helpful for recording. But uh, and and I think part of I want to start with this in talking about goals, because how we met, I had heard of James before just because we we had run in certain the same professional circles. But James had reached out to me just to connect and get some information and about some products that I put out. And, you know, he but for him, he had set it was part of his goal path. And he had set an idea of something he wanted to accomplish in learning about course creation in the therapy world. And he had seen that I had been somebody that had done that and taught on that topic. And so he, he took the Not initiative. Not just one out. course. You yeah. had like this whole suite of things. And I'm like, wow, 
How well, and, and yeah, and, and so he initiated that. And, and I'm a big believer in, you know, never be afraid to ask. A lot of people won't necessarily respond, but uh, you never know who will. And what kind of started is James and I began talking. And then what that led into was that my friend Gordon, who James also knew, but I knew Gordon was in the process of looking to start a podcast network, the Sitecraft network, which we're part of, and he needed some help on the technical end. And I said, well, you should talk to James. And so they got together and that yeah. got set up. And then after that, it became this idea for James and I in a podcast of that James had some ideas, wanted to share. I was looking to to ride shotgun with somebody uh, on something. So it is, but it's just showing up is a big thing for goals. And part of my goal setting process is, is a lot of that is I believe that there's always somebody smarter than you, more mm. eloquent than you, who has better information, who has better connections, more photogenic, take your pick, than you. But showing up matters. And in a lot of my goals, it's I rarely approach things, particularly initially, in this idea of that I got this, I know what I'm doing. But, you know, I've shared in, in previous episodes, I, I, the, the neurodiversity that I grew up with kind of taught me that the world was not going to work normally for me. And so I got some lessons early on of don't expect to do it normal, just figure it out. And it's, it's equipped me well generally. And I've and I've also been amazed of the different relationships I've been able to have. And, the, and oftentimes it just became from, I just want to put myself out there and see what happens. One of my first, when I first started in the seminar business, I began teaching in the UK and I'm based in the United States. And that was a big deal. Mm. But part of what led to that was I, I met somebody at a conference and I just followed up and said, hey, I'm looking, or is anyone looking for something on this topic? And that person wasn't, but then I said, well, do you know anyone who might? And they put me into touch with people. And eventually I got connected with somebody who was interested in what I had to offer. And then that became a very fruitful relationship where I traveled pretty regularly to the UK for, I did it yearly for about six years. Uh, and sometimes more than once a year to teach. And that was a lot of fun for me. I enjoyed the travel aspect of things. I enjoyed it. It was a great thing to show on a resume to show that I was an international trainer uh for that and i don't think it was because i was so well positioned i just showed up in a certain way so related to goal setting i'll talk some about my method of yeah, what it looks like because i'm interested in are you somebody who well you'll talk about it but are you somebody who sets up yearly goals at a certain time or are you like a i am this year person what's your tell us share with me your method on uh it is been very haphazard and it's still learning so uh <laughs> I, we talked in our last episode the importance of writing it down, and that's something uh, I really yeah. embraced recently. So I, I've done some like I have a I, I the way my desk is situated in my office, I'm kind of catty cornered. So I have a side wall that I can touch uh, pretty easily, and I have sticky notes on it. And I, I've used some kind of Pat Flynn method of writing things on sticky notes, and I still do that. But uh, I've also recently started using. Um, the organization app Trello a lot more. I'm a big fan of that. If you want to try it out, you can try Trello for free. Uh, and I've, I've used it for years, but I've, I've gotten where I've, I've, I've 
I'm starting to use it more robustly. I, I, I got on YouTube and looked at some YouTube videos, how other people kind of organize it. And uh, so For people who don't know what Trello is, can you give a, like a high level? It's a it's you create boards on Trello. And so it's a website like it, a, it, like a like a bulletin board. Yeah, it's like a bulletin board. And on that bulletin board, you have lists. And then okay. you create underneath that you create different action items and you can you can have document attachments and links and you can write notes and different things and you can move stuff around. You could take something off one list and put it on another list or like you can sticky move... notes. I've seen yeah, it. It sticky like notes. Sticky yeah. Notes. Yeah. Like you can so move it... one sticky note from one category to the next yeah. through a process. Yeah. And, and um, we'll have in the show notes a link to Trello where people yep. can check it out if you. But it's just it's it's a way to move things around and to make things visual. And I've set uh, one of my Trello boards as my homepage. So it becomes the first thing that I, which is good. I, I highly recommend not doing your email as your homepage, which is what I historically do because that gets me distracted. I'll get to my email soon enough. Yeah. But I like, and so I have a, I have a Trello board that just says on deck and on deck is whatever the things I'm working on presently and how do things get on that on deck list um some of it is i'm other people's deadlines so for example recently james you and i were working on something where i was building out a, the quiz the for quiz. our yeah, podcast yeah. and so that that was a time sensitive thing so that got on there sometimes i'm working against deadlines uh sometimes it's simply what i'm choosing to prioritize of like this matters to me so i want to get it done but uh, but there's also this nice feeling of like, I'll move different action items, different tasks on uh, one of my lists on my board. My board's called uh, On Deck, but the first list on it is done. Mm -hmm. And so when I finish an item, I will move it. And there's a sense of completion I have when that list gets longer. And about, mm -hmm. you know, right now, once a week, once a month, I'll clear it out and, you know, start over. But I'm I'm going into 2023 with more set goals. And I will say the last time I had a lot of goals set, I had goals set for my therapy practice going into 2020. And that all uh, had to be rewritten in 2020. <laughs> my yeah. goals were not met. 2020 will do that. 2020 will do that. And so I had to, and then really, it's really only felt 2020 and 2021 was a lot of reacting to COVID as a business owner, as someone in my community, like there was a lot of, it's really only been in 2022 that there's been a sense of settling. So I have uh, a few different businesses I'll work in. I'll kind of talk about the goals I've set and what they mean to me. So for um, 2023, for my therapy practice, I have a group therapy practice I run with my wife, who's a professional counselor as well. Uh, we're called Haven Counseling Center in Knoxville, Tennessee. And my goal is to get full with clinicians. Now, full is we're somewhere close to it. It's either going to be, it's going to be somewhere between 18 and 21 clinicians. And I'm just one short of that lower number now. Now, the, the, the squishiness about that is part-time, full-time people. We have some people, we, um, we have recent, we have therapists, several therapists that have become new parents for the first time recently, and that's changed their work schedule. And so a part-time person takes up space differently than a full-time person. That's why it's a bit squishy. So why do I have that goal? Well, I have that goal because I own an office building. That was part of 
when I tell stories at different times of the podcast about my startup that was aborted, one of the things that happened in that, it was a psychiatry practice I, I started and ended up having to, to the, the practice still exists, but I had to step out of it. But one of the things that happened in that startup process was I got a building mm. and I have a, it's, it was a building designed for therapists. It was built by a psychologist 20 years before. And it's only That's ever been rare, used, isn't it? Yeah, it's only when you ever talk been to used other for people, therapy. But they're normally converted like dentist yeah. offices or Yeah, that's what my friend Gordon has. And no, this is and so it's it's a big and it's a fairly big building. It's over seven thousand square feet. And but it's not really well designed to sweet out. Cause I thought about uh, initially, because uh when I stepped out of the psychiatry business, um, the psychiatry business went to different ownership, and but they stayed in the. It was, it was uh, people I enjoyed working with, and so they they office suited with us, and we had. I started a counseling practice in the aftermath of that, which is what I currently have, and the psychiatry practice was with us, and we were roommates, and we reached a point where they wanted to grow further, and there was no more space. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't interested in moving out of the building. And so they ended up very amicably buying a building and, and moving off site. And they're still great referral partners in the community. Uh, love the work that they do. But all of a sudden now I had extra office space and I had a, two options either because there wasn't enough in the therapy practice I had to really make it financially viable in this building. I, I could, I guess I had three options. I could have moved buildings. I could have sold this building or, or rented it out to somebody else and moved to, to another space that was smaller. I didn't want to do that. Uh, I could rent out individual offices or I could suite out the building to another group. But there were downsides to that. I really didn't want to do that. And so my last choice was then, okay, I need to fill the building to make this, uh, to get it to a good financial mm -hmm. place. So at that point, it was my wife and I, and we had seven therapists, and now we're at fifteen. And it that, it's so. But that goal, they the the psychiatry practice moved out at the beginning of twenty twenty. Literally, they moved out in February, and then I had these plans like, okay, now I'm starting to start hiring and things like that in oh, March. No. Things and and so then that was just treading water. Yeah. Since then and uh, wow, and then. You know, been recruiting, been, you know, part of it is try to recruit very deliberately, uh, really like having a very cohesive team, but you add people and there's a hiring process to that. And there's making sure people fit well and how to manage the, the bumps along the way. But my goal in 2023 is to get to stop doing that. Now, I'll always be in that to a certain degree because people will naturally leave the practice. Yeah, the bigger, uh, the bigger staff you have the more chance yeah and that's more. always that's just a process but there's a difference between maintenance and growth and mm -hmm. i want to be out of the growth mindset and one of the things that people ask me like oh is haven going to open a different location i'm like no that's I've not been one trying, of your goals huh it's not one of my goals i've been <laughs> trying so hard to fill up this one yeah and and that, that, that feels... goes back to your scaling mindset like yes, you're, it you're is. scaling to a certain point and one of one of our future episodes is going to be like, how much is enough? Yes. Well, yeah. What's what's enough in scaling? So that's my goal for my practice is I want I want to one's an ongoing goal. I want people to have a sense of community. I want a sense of strong mm -hmm. sense of camaraderie. That's something I feel we have, but I want to continue to feed into that. 
So some of goals, maintenance is a form of goals. Goals isn't something new always. Sometimes it's to continue. And I want to continue that, but I want to be out of looking to hire new people. I want us to be at the at our top-off point for the practice where we're able to efficiently use the space with good margin between operational cost and income for that to be in a good spot and then to leave it alone. So that that sounds like a, um, you want to be a good manager type goal or you want to be a good you um, steward of your resources yeah. type goal. Like I have this building, it has this expense. I need to maximize the the value out of it. Yes, it is. It is the whole how do I and like there are numbers I have attached to that of like it right. means this much in revenue per month. It means right. like, and uh, and that's my goal for my practice. And I feel really good about that because we're close now. Any number of things can happen. And I and but I'm not far off of it. And I've, I've done a lot to close my gap in 2022. And my goal is to finish the last bit in 2023. So do you set goals like um, like this quarter, I want to hire two people? Or do you sort of like... I, I, that's a good question, James. Sometimes like in, in the therapy world, like people enter the job market at different times. I find oftentimes like in the end of second quarter, like in May, June, is oftentimes when people are looking for jobs because oftentimes people are finishing programs. That makes sense. They, yeah, and... So there's certain times of year that are more natural to kind of bring people in. Uh, sometimes, like I, I, there is this kind of natural onboarding process that does take a lot of work in because we provide, we furnish offices for our therapists. And my wife is very involved in that part of things of helping people set up offices. And so it takes a lot of work uh, in that. And so yeah, sometimes my wife is saying- all six at once, you'd probably- like I, 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 that would like, cause distress in my home life. Uh, <laughs> there are times where my, my wife has said like, don't hire anybody right now. Some of it is the logistics of like getting yeah. an office set up, but some of it is also of the, uh, integration process of new people into the practice mm -hmm. because we're very culturally driven. Uh, and it's oftentimes you get more cohesion when people, you get one person at a time coming in Yeah, versus you're trying to add a whole bunch of people at the same time. One of I forget where I heard this, but uh, sometimes when you're trying to grow fast is slow and slow is fast. I have and I've gotten some great mentoring of that. I remember bringing a spreadsheet. Uh, my father has been a great mentor to me in business and he's done a lot in business of early in my first startup phase. I had a spreadsheet about like hiring phases of like, OK, we're going to add people in this rate. Yeah. And my dad looked at this and he goes, you're crazy. He goes, this is not going to work. He goes, you don't have, you need to build up your bench was his, his phrase for it. And it's like a, yeah. it's like a sports team. You need to have depth of your players. And I, I learned that the hard way. Cause sometimes when you hire fast, you hire poorly. I definitely, um, there's sometimes not every time I've hired fast, I hired poorly, but. Well, there, there's just stages of a business. And if you don't grow into it, you're going to be missing some policies or, as mm -hmm. you said, your community, your strength there. And if it, that's not there, the people, they're going to bounce or they're going to like do something that you're like, oh, why don't you do that? Nobody told me, but that's how we always do it. But you didn't write it down. Like, yes, if you, absolutely. You yeah. Grow away. You know, people adding things to handbook stores. It's constantly happening. Yeah. Sometimes I, well, the benefit I have is as I have other friends that run practices. I'll hear. I will hear stories of something that goes wrong for somebody else. And I'm like, oh, 
and it hasn't gone wrong for me yet, but it becomes a policy now because I didn't, I hadn't accounted for that. Yeah. Um, I had some friends that in, in 2020, which was a very tumultuous year and so many different things. I had a friend who was dealing with somebody who, who got a little, uh, opinionated on their social media and it was negatively reflecting on the practice. Hmm. And I didn't have a social media policy in place. And I started one. You started and one. Yeah. Started one. I didn't have anybody. No one had caused a problem in my group. But I had this thought of like, I need a policy in place of what is, you know, what are the rules for, for people's personal social media uh, as it relates to, because ultimately you reflect all of us. And this is, and I tell people, you are entitled to your opinion. You are not entitled to share your opinion, though, in ways that reflect on all of us. And that's part of, and that's part of the cultural sort of thing. And someone who doesn't, that doesn't fit with them. I want them to know that. And, and the early people know it because they are, they have greater mm -hmm. contact with you or connection mm -hmm. and the later people, when you grow, like mm -hmm. there's, there's just a different dynamic. And if it's, if it's not written or communicated in a way, they're mm -hmm. gonna, they're gonna miss it. That's, you know, so you have growth goals. Yes, absolutely. going to add people in a systematic way that is yeah. manageable and, and realistic. But it's also it's it, you're also not resting. You're also like, mm -hmm. well, I just hope somebody shows mm -hmm. up and knocks on my door and applies. Sure, sure. And it's the and I've done different things historically that that aid in recruitment. We'll probably do a whole episode on recruitment. But oh, the, for uh, sure. But so that's my goal for my practice. That's one of my buckets. The first one being my practice. The second is for my teaching business, Psych Maven, mm -hmm. which is do continuing education. And also business development trainings for therapists. And I have a few goals with that. Um, one of my goals, this is a softer goal. And if it isn't met, I'm okay. But I would like to do something in person. Now, I, I to give mm. some context, I did exclusively in-person events from when I started in 2011 to the end of 2018 was when I first started doing some online things and I began putting things out online in 2019. And I, uh, I had a, some big things planned in 2020. Fortunately, I hadn't put down deposits or anything yet before, uh, the pandemic hit <laughs> and, but I didn't have any in-person trainings in 2020 and or 2021. I mean, your history is in person and you're mm -hmm. like it, you from from a, the class I took of yours, like you have a big passion for that. I do. It's a lot of work and I yeah. enjoy I, I I don't begrudge having things online, but it's a, I love being able to meet in person with people. I love yeah. the excuse to travel that, that yeah. happens with that. And uh, I did in 2022, I did my first in-person training since COVID. And it was I was hired. Uh, it, it wasn't an independent thing, but I was hired to do a three day training on narrative therapy. And it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of it was very fulfilling, too. And I love the relationship building I love. And so I haven't done a self-sponsored training, though, in-person training for years. Like, I think the last it was 2018, early 2018, the last mm. time I did a self-sponsored in-person training. So 2023 will be five years. And I'd like to do one. I don't know. If it will be large, I don't know if it will be a smaller thing, um, but it's just something I'd like to to be able to check off in the year and and see if that that works. Um, I have certain financial goals for it. I uh, 
my business grew in revenue somewhere between 70 and 80% in 2022 over where it was in 2021 uh, in for my teaching business. Mm. And I have certain, you know, the revenue goals for me though, you know, some of it's about actual numbers, but for me, this goes to something we talked about in goal setting in the part one of the episode of what does it mean to you? What does that goal mean? And for me, what I want to do is I'm actually um, in the beginning process of a nonprofit. And what I want to be able to do is fund my time and certain projects in the nonprofit from my for-profit business right. in that time. We're looking to fundraise and we're looking to do things. But one of my goals and even how to run this nonprofit is to show a lot of skin in the game for myself. Mm -hmm. And I plan on being one of my main investors in my nonprofit. And to be able to, but I need, I need the revenue to, to pay for the time for me to work on things. It's a goal beyond just making money. <laughs> yes. My, my goal for the money is how the money can free up my time. Yeah. And that if I'm reaching certain financial goals, that means my time can be invested differently uh, in, in causes that I think are worthy, but do not generate the revenue in them in and of themselves in the same way. Um. The the last main goal I have is related to I want to be better planned in both automations and my launches. There are two ways that I put out courses. Historically, I've done them in launches where most of my courses are available for certain enrollment periods that people can enroll in the course like, you know, this week. And I will I'll do a webinar, I'll send out emails and done launches pretty regularly for the past few years, but I've not always been as planned as I would like. And so I, one of the goals I set for myself, and I did this on Trello, I, I, I created a list on Trello. I'm looking at it right now. It's called, uh, it's 2023 launch plans. And I did a card on that list of 12 cards. So one mm -hmm. for each month. And I planned, what do I want to launch in each month? Not everything's paid. Some things are free offerings that I wanted to put out. Right. I didn't want it just to be gimme, gimme. But basically, I planned that something every month. And the benefit of planning that ahead of time is I can begin. Because um, one of the things that I have to do in launches, I have to write out emails, which takes me a little bit of time. And if I have yeah. it planned out, I can write out my emails earlier. And ideally, I would love, at least by January, to have most of my emails already written out for all my launches for the year. Uh, and then that way I can schedule them and set things up and then it's less work later. And I want to create more evergreen sorts of things. For those who, who learn about doing online courses, evergreens, its own, where people will struggle with online courses is they will create something and they'll just put it out there. And I used to think I could do that. You know, I've created this course. It's awesome. It's published. Anyone can buy it anytime. And for those who have done any of my trainings about courses, I'm very clear that you can't really do that very well. Uh, part of it is, is that um, you need a certain amount of scarcity for people to take action. Otherwise, it becomes a Netflix queue. Like I've had Mad Men in my Netflix queue for six years and I have not watched Mad Men yet. I think I'll enjoy it. But like, oh, man. I, I don't have to, but, and, but if you find out, oh, it's leaving Netflix in yeah. a month. Yes. You're going to binge I, it. I, I, I was watching the office when I heard the office was leaving Netflix several years ago. Yeah. 
same I, we watch we we watch the office when it was leaving too yeah that is yep. correct yep and so you you create that and and um so that's why so many people do launches and i i've, I've coached friends of mine people that have great online ce courses but they will struggle with their sales if it's too available too much of the time there's some exceptions to this like i I do have some courses I leave available open all the time. Um, like I have a three hour ethics course that's available all the time because oftentimes that's one of the things people, people will buy it because they need to renew their CEs and that's a special requirement that's common. So I, I usually mm -hmm. can get people to buy that one, but other ones um, I need that kind of, it's a, it's a create a certain amount of urgency, but there are tools. If you want to figure out how to do evergreen funnels, there are people that teach people how to do this. There are people like Mariah Cause, who's a big online course influencer, and she teaches people about evergreen models. And there's certain tools that I like. I use one called Deadline Funnel, which will create a, a, an individualized time limit for somebody based on when they engage. And so the course is technically available all the time. Uh, but I'll do that. Sometimes I'll make it where the course is discounted within a certain window. You could buy the course whenever, but you can only get it at a discount within certain ways. And what's great about those is when they get set up, it allows you to have a, a more passive revenue stream, which is one of the things you were talking about, James. It's mm -hmm. really great to have. And I've done a little bit of that historically, but not much. And I would like my goal for 2023 is I would like at least three ideally more uh, evergreen funnels, as they're called in the course, you know, mm -hmm. set up where there's something that I've built that has maybe a lot of different pieces to it, but that is uh, connecting with people and creating sales. So it's not just a month to month and, launching. For and them. as you said, there's, there's ways to do that. There's programs that build in for you. You said deadline funnel, deadline funnel. And we'll, um, we may, we may do a whole episode on deadline funnel. I would, it's I would really love that. Cool. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm using Kajabi, which yeah. is, will let me, I don't know if it has all the, the bells and whistles of a dedicated deadline funnel, but it will let me create uh, evergreen webinars and, and mm -hmm. drip like things that drip the people through yes. email and systems like that, that create it. Um, a lot of people will use deadline funnel with Kajabi because you can create a deadline in Kajabi, but where deadline funnel will let you do it is it will make a different deadline for different people. Hmm. So depending oh, on when they okay. start it. You can optimize the you deadline. You can optimize. You and don't just it, set one deadline. You set. Yeah, it will be oh, that they, when. They, they watched my webinar. They have a week to get the bonus. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, and it's a really and it's a really easy to use program, and that's one of the things that people. I'm not a tech person. And I, I will highlight as I talk about different programs and things. Some of it is I've learned through experience, but I'm still not naturally technical, and it is one of the easier things to use in that. So, but so I have certain, uh, and I think the last goal I want to set kind of in that is within my. Um, I have one or two courses I want to publish this year that I haven't finished yet. Mm. And uh, I've, I've created a lot of courses and I want to have fewer courses I'm trying to write this year. I wrote a lot of new things in 2021 and 2022. And those were part of my goals was to finish writing and publishing certain courses. But I don't want to do a lot of that. You know, part of 2023 is I want 2023 to be more restful than mm. I've had in the past few years. So that is there, nothingness is kind of a goal 
at times. I want to, I want to have more of that. Um, Oh man, that's, that's another podcast episode though. Like rest of scale and like maintain the, yeah, the, the, not just balance, but the peace, the inner peace mm-hmm. inside you. And I expect in these, I expect these goals will be edited over the course of 2023. Right. They'll be adjusted. Um, I will meet some, I will might exceed some, and I will not meet others. I'm disinclined to use the word failure. It is um, experiment. It's an experiment. And and that's it. But part 100%. of it, it, it goes to what you were talking about, James. You need something to aim for. Uh-huh. Even if you miss it, you're still aiming for it. And I'll do launches and I'll oftentimes have enrollment goals when I put out a course of like, I would like this many people to enroll. And I, I always set a goal. Now, sometimes that goal is exceeded. Sometimes I undershoot that goal. Sometimes it goes right in line with it. And that's part of the process. I'm not necessarily hugely disappointed if I undershoot a goal necessarily. It's part of the process, though. It goes back to our previous conversation. It's not your identity. Like when yes. we make it part of our identity, it we feel like a success or a failure based on the results. Mm-hmm. But if you make it like, oh, this is just one st- stage of the process. I learned something from this. I'm going to do something either the same or different. It's a much different experience when you launch something and it doesn't meet expectations. Mm-hmm. Then if you you launch it, it doesn't meet expectations. And you're like, oh, you know, this is. This is a natural part mm-hmm. of learning and mm-hmm. running an experiment. Absolutely. So those are my main piles right now. I mean, I won't say I have other ones too, but for the sake of time, like I've got a new nonprofit I'm starting. So as I talk about rest, I also deal with the tension of adding new things to my pile. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you in six months and say, hey, David, how's the rest going? How's the rest going? Yeah, and that'd probably be a fair <laughs> sort of thing. And, but the, you know, the tension for me is I get excited by things and rest takes work and i imagine for a lot of people there's a certain amount like i and i try to give myself grace of what rest looks like but like my wife and i are planning down and and we're james and i are recording this near thanksgiving in the u.s and we uh my wife and i are planning to do a, an excursion down to florida uh before new year's and it's a place i go regularly i really enjoy it but I know what I'll do. I'll get in this routine, which I get up early in the morning uh, relative to my wife. I'm not a super early person, but but my wife is a particularly late morning person. <laughs> and I'll go out and uh, run on the beach and I'll have my podcast queued up. And for the most part, there'll be podcasts like this one. And I'll be listening to other people getting ideas. And so even though I'm resting, like there's a certain part of me that's engaged in work and I do have to put the limits on that. But I also try to be fair with myself. I'm like, this is fun. I enjoy this. this. Is a different speed I move into. And anyway, but you know, for me, just writing down it's it's a big thing. So I, I guess you know, also you've been asking the question, James, at the end of recent episodes. What's your one takeaway okay. from part two of this? Good. Okay. Um, I like the. Uh, so so I'll I'll just go back to I like. I like the uh, aiming for something like Mm -hmm. this goes back to my first when I was talking about my goals, I was letting other people dictate like my goals in life or I was letting internal feelings dictate my goals. And uh, I love having 
something that I want to do, knowing that it's an experiment, knowing that I might fail, but I am moving so much closer to my goals and the life I want to live when I, when I've, when I'm, when I'm act like I'm the hero of my story. As I went back Mm -hmm. to like here on a mission, I am the person who is the star of my story and I have agency. Like I Mm -hmm. have the ability to impact the, the, the pages that are being written. I don't have to be a victim. I can be a active hero participant in my own story. And that is like, I, I'm really excited about the goals I have. And even though I'm experimenting and there might be some uh, failures, I am not the failure. So Mm. uh, aim, write it down. As you said, write it down, aim for something and see where you're going to end up. So that's Mm -hmm. my one thing. Do you have a one thing? Yeah, I I think because I'm, you know, this has been more heavy me this episode. So it's quoting myself, which feels conceited. But um, Mm -hmm. but for me, I think it's this this. um, It it goes back to uh, maintenance is a goal Mm. and that sometimes goals is achieving something new, but like a perfectly worthy goal is no, I want to. Uh, I I want to coast a little bit. I just want to figure out more of how to kind of maintain. Maintenance is a goal. And I think sometimes there's this pressure. This is something my friend Gordon Brewer and I talk about a lot. Uh, people assume that growth is always bigger, better, more people, right. more things. Sometimes growth is even just kind of growing in your efficiency in what you already have or your contentment in what you have. Or I love... I very much, as I talked about the the goal of not hiring people very much in this upcoming year, that's a great goal. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've enjoyed people I hire, but hiring's a process. Hiring's work. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that very much right now. And so I'd love to not have to do that <laughs> and be on the other side. Yeah. You don't always have to grow tall. You can grow wide. Mm-hmm. Like you can grow like more stable and more set mm-hmm. and and deeper you don't always have to grow tall so. mm, absolutely well that's a good place to wrap it up i really thank you david for your time and just sharing about your goals and your experience i've learned a lot um we'll be putting the the books in the show notes and some of those other links uh kajabi and dead deadline funnels will be in the show notes so take mm-hmm. take a listen to them this is james marland with uh dr david hall thanks for listening and we'll see you next time Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and you want to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. It really helps people to find us. The opinions expressed in the scaling therapy practice are of the host and not intended for individual counseling or consultation. If you need the advice of a lawyer or an accountant, please seek out professional service in that area. Scaling Therapy Practice is a part of the SciCraft Network.